a welcome to, uh, to all of you. It's a beautiful day to celebrate an instrument which has accompanied the worship and the singing of God's people for who knows how many generations. And we're particularly grateful today to be able to celebrate our Werner Bosch organ that was built and installed here over 40 years ago and has been enhanced through uh, pipes that were added a few years ago in memory of Herbert Wampner. Some of you will remember the trumpet pipes that were added at that particular time. And then most especially by the superb addition of the trombone and other pipes that were most recently dedicated to God's glory in a service of dedication uh, but a few weeks ago, the Sunday before Reformation in fact. And today is our opportunity to hear those pipes and to celebrate them and to, uh, to celebrate their addition to our organ. Uh, given in memory as they are of, of Hugh and Gladys uh, Brewster, a gift for which we're very grateful. And we celebrate not only today these additions and enhancements of, of our pipe organ, but we celebrate indeed today also the pipe organs that exist not only throughout our church and country, but also throughout the world because they, most in, they have indeed been a, a precious gift from God to the church. And they've been that gift that for generations has help the church and the song of the church to continue on and on throughout the generations and for that we should be thankful and say as Bach so often did with his pieces, Sole Deo Gloria, uh, to God alone be the glory for these great gifts that he has given on to his church that the song of Christ might continue on uh, being sung by the church in each generation. It's fitting then that we would begin this afternoon celebration of these pipes in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our first organ offering by our uh, organist, our primary organist in the congregation, uh, Teresa Oatman. It's uh, Praise to the Lord, Lobed and Heron. Praise to the Lord, a hymn that indeed is a, a wonderful hymn that we have all sung often and will sing once again today. It's the great hymn of Joachim Neander that was called by some the Paul Gerhardt of the Calvinists. See, we're quite ecumenically minded uh, in that regard. Paul Gerhardt, of course, was a great Lutheran hymn writer, uh, one of the greatest, if not uh, the greatest of the Lutheran hymn writers, Paul Gerhardt. We celebrated him uh, about a year ago. and. Uh, Neander was called the Paul Gerhardt of the Calvinists, and he based this particular hymn, Praise to the Lord, on Psalm 103, verses 1 through 6, and Psalm 150. And it sets the tone for our celebration of our pipe organ and the new pipes added. Now listen, first of all, though, to the words of the church's oldest hymn book, which is the book of Psalm, uh, the words that were... Uh, written by the Holy Spirit and upon which this hymn is based from Psalm 103, a psalm of King David. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all of your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good as long as you live so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works vindication and justice for all the oppressed. Those first six verses of Psalm 103 and then from Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty deeds. 
Praise him according to his exceeding greatness. Praise him with trumpet and praise him with lute and harp and praise him with timbrel and dance and praise him with strings and pipes. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. First, the grand processional on praise to the Lord, after which we will then stand to sing together praise to the Lord the Almighty. Teresa.
There's one among us who literally knows the internal mechanisms and workings of our organ better than any of us ever will. We see it from a distance. He's seen it about as close up as you can possibly uh, see it. Uh, William Vischer has uh, literally been in and out of the, uh, the guts of the organ dozens of times. I've seen him up there and have often wondered how a man of his stature and height can possibly get in and out and between all of the pipes that are there, but somehow uh, he's managed to do it over the course of time. Uh, before I introduce him, though, to you to explain some of the mechanisms and workings of the organ and some of the things that have been done, I wanted to uh, introduce uh, to you uh, John Hupelo, who is, uh, I assume, uh, owner of the, the uh, pipe organ company, the Hupelo and Raposki Pipe Organ Company. John, are you out there somewhere? There we go. John Hupelo. I pronounced that correctly, didn't I, John? All right, good, good. Well, welcome to you. Glad to have you here and glad to have Bill here as well. Bill is going to play for us later on uh, as a, uh, a postlude piece, which I'm sure you'll be elated to hear as well. But right now, I'm going to ask Bill to come forward. And uh, Bill, if you'd tell us a little bit about uh, the, the organ that we have or what you've done. All right? Um, uh, hopefully you've noticed the organ sounds a little different uh, than it used to, and if you've never heard it before, well, take my word for it. Um, what we did, we were approached to, uh, by the church and said, uh, we have a donation, what would you do to improve the organ? And there's a couple things that came to mind, but the major item we felt was lacking in the organ was foundation and base, especially in the pedal division. And uh, pedal division with a bass line that stands out firmly, helps lead congregational singing, provides that basis for everything. And when you hear the pedal line move, you can know to change notes, uh, etc. And we felt that this would really enhance the whole organ. The bass was a lot stronger. So we reconfigured the pedal division. We put in a different chest. Uh, we changed the pipes and we added to some pipes and we rescaled things. And I'll uh, show you a little bit. Uh, these are not from the organ up there, so don't worry. <laughs> There's not some missing notes. Uh, now, uh, these are two organ pipes. And what we did was, this is just an ex to show you what happens if you make something bigger. So here is verses. You can hear if I don't overblow it. Uh, this larger pipe, now this, this small pipe has a very nice tone, very nice, nice instrument in the room, but the larger pipe has a bigger sound, puts out more sound energy, can provide you know, in this case, more bass. And I was going to ask uh, the organist if you turn on the. Uh, <laughs> this is awful now. I was thwarting my efforts, making a fool of me. But that's all right. It's happened many times. Anyway, um, tenor C of the roar flute on the grate. Now tenor C of the eight foot board and in the pedal. Uh, down and knock it on the grave. No, no. Now the 
So what we did was take what was low C of this pedal board in this foundation stock, and we cut it shorter and made it low E, and we put bigger pipes for C, C-sharp, D, and D-sharp, so it'd be a stronger pedal and more foundation there. And then we put those behind the organ case because, well, they were behind anyway, a few behind the case because that was the only place for them. We also took a uh, principal stop in the pedal that was playing at an octave higher than piano pitch. And we made what was low C there, um, low uh, D sharp. So we added three pipes there and added eight, eight foot, uh, pipe, biggest pipe eight feet long to go down there to fill in that instead of some other pipes that were there before. Uh, and then the trumpet rank that we, you had add, added uh, a few years back, we added a 16 foot octave to that. So the largest resonator, and if on your way out, you stand way over here. Yes, you stand. You stand over here, you can see those at the top of those pipes sticking out behind the case. Just a little bit, although uh, first 12 are, could not fit inside because low C is about 16 feet tall and sits on a chest. So we added these uh, trombone pipes. Maybe you could show them. Sure. Anyway, to give a little, yeah. I need to do something. C sounds a little dirty today. Anyway, I will work to fix that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we added those. Anyway, the other thing is,
Thank you. The, uh, dear to the hearts, of course, of every Lutheran musician is the sound of uh, Johann Sebastian Bach. And uh, it wouldn't be an afternoon, I suppose, of music in a Lutheran church if Bach wasn't played to some degree, perhaps in good part, because Bach does such a phenomenal job in presenting the Christ and him crucified even through his music as it accompanies some of the most uh, amazing words. And he's known, therefore, as being the fifth evangelist because through his work, so many people in so many places have been introduced uh, to the gospel of Christ and to the evangelists and have thus uh, heard the message of Christ and him crucified. And so we certainly in the Lutheran Church should be uh, thankful for uh, the work of Johann Sebastian Bach in the past. Uh, this afternoon we're going to hear the pedal exercitium, which is all played, I understand, Julie, with the feet, right? Uh, yes. You're not down on the pedals with your hands, so <laughs> it, it must be the feet that you're, you're going to be working on. And following the pedal exercitium, uh, we will have the congregational hymn, Now Thank We All Our God. And that's played again by another one of our organists that we're blessed to have, uh, Julie Fleming. So first of all, the pedal exercitium, and then uh, we will stand, a little exercise, being that she's exercising with her feet. We will then, with, uh, with our voices, and we'll stand and we'll sing, and I'll thank we all our God uh, together after that. Julie?
We're indebted to the generosity of the daughter and the son of Hugh and Gladys Brewster, Ginny Mulhern, Tom Brewster. Ginny and Tom, John, you can stand. The rest of you can stand in the family there too if you want to. You just want to stand up there. And I think you all know who they are. But uh, we thank you for your generosity, which has given us this gift in memory of uh, Hugh and Gladys Brewster. We're most thankful for that. Uh, certainly, as we sang that hymn, I'm sure that you couldn't have helped but be thinking of your mother uh, when it was in the first verse that we sang those words, who from our mother's arms has blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. And certainly it's a tribute to your mother and your father that you have the, uh, the musical appreciation that you both have, as they both so clearly indicated in the in memoriam in the back of your program today. Uh, they, they both composed that for our program, and you can see the love that's in there, and I encourage you all to read it. They are indeed indebted to their father and mother for the love of good music, which has been such a part of both of their lives. And uh, what they wrote in the last paragraph, I think, says it so well. And so I would just uh, read that with you, or for you. Music remains a big part of our lives. As we grow older, we realize the music our mother brought us to love is a unique, beautiful language containing the message of God's love and glory. For this reason, we have grown to revere the great composers whose music we heard from childhood, and as we celebrate the legacy of faith and music our parents gave us and our children and grandchildren, we are humbly grateful. It's a very fitting statement and also a very fitting memorial. Thank you, Ginny. Thank you, Tom. A most fitting memorial for two people through whom God not only brought you into this world, but brought certainly into your lives and to the lives now of many others, too, an appreciation for fine music and fine instrumentation to accompany it. Uh, we are grateful for that. We now sing the uh, congregational and the choral anthem, the Festival Gloria, uh, the arrangement composed by the excellent uh, contemporary Lutheran composer, uh, John Benke, uh, who isn't at all that old, I think in his mid-50s or so, a great arranger and composer. Uh, it, it's composed, though. It's an arrangement of a, a Lutheran hymn, a, a liturgical hymn. It's nearly 500 years old. All glory be to God on high. And I think we can probably stand to sing it as well. All right? So let's stand again.
I should also make mention of the fact that uh, praise to the Lord that we sang earlier, as I understand it, was also played as a recessional, right, uh, John? And uh, at, at your wedding, as I understand it? All right. So, and I think many of us perhaps have had uh, a, the, a similar or the same processional played at our weddings as well. So a special significance to that as well. Another great uh, Lutheran musician, Felix uh, Mendelssohn, the son of Leah Salomon and Abraham Mendelssohn, a wealthy banker, and the grandson of a Jewish rabbi and philosopher, Moses Mendelssohn. And it was indeed, how did he become a Lutheran? Well, he became a Lutheran by baptism into Christ Jesus. He was baptized in the Lutheran church along with his three siblings. His parents uh, converted to Christianity and Lutheranism uh, from Judaism, and they became uh, truly full gospel Jews, I suppose, in the most correct and right sense, and they came to love and to know that the Messiah was indeed uh, Jesus of Nazareth. And they and their four children, as I mentioned, were baptized into Christ and then confessed the, the Lutheran faith. And Felix learned to love the music of Johann Sebastian Bach. And he, uh, in fact, it's, it's attributed to a mental son that had it not been for him, perhaps that the music of Bach would not have lived on as it did for so many, and he brought a rejuvenation to the music of Bach. Another one of our organists, Arlene Zimmerman, plays Mendelssohn's Fugue for Sonata Number no. 2. Arlene.
Thank you. To, to uh, conclude then our celebration of our pipe organ uh, this afternoon, we want to conclude with a congregational hymn with organ interludes, but you can remain seated for this one because of the interludes, or you'd be standing for a long time. Uh, but it's a, a, a beautiful hymn that we'll be singing, the Partita on St. Anne, Paul Mons, uh, whom some of you know as being a great Lutheran organist of, our, of, the, of the 20th century, one of the greatest of the 20th century, I think, uh, who loved this hymn, and I understand that uh, he played it at most of the, if not all, of the performances that, uh, that he performed as a great Lutheran organist, uh, Paul Mons. And the partita on St. Anne, played by another one of our fine organists, Kyle Kneffel. Kyle?
Well, thank you all for coming. Great music. We want to take a special note and thank, and I'm going to give you the opportunity right now to, uh, to thank our musicians. They're listed on the front uh, page there of your, of your folder. Our featured organists especially, Teresa Oatman, Cecilia Lung, Julie Fleming, Arlene Zimmerman, Kyle Kneffel, and William Vischer, which you're going to hear in just a minute as he plays some postlude music. And I want you all to remain seated, not to leave, but to remain seated until you've uh, heard Bill play what he's going to play. And then afterward, on, in non-Lutheran fashion, you can all leave simultaneously. You won't be ushered out, all right? Uh, but be all, by all means, listen to the, uh, uh, to the, the postlude music that is played. But, but give a round of applause to our organists for the fine job that they've done. We really appreciate what they've done, and also to our musicians, the choir, and the instrumentalists as well, if you would. After Mr. Vischer is completed playing, you're all invited over to the parish hall for the uh, salad and casserole dinner that's awaiting you, and we look forward to being able to uh, share that time and that fellowship together. Bill, it's your turn, and thank you for all that you and the company you work for have, have done. Uh, to uh, Is there more? Benediction. Oh, I suppose we should have a benediction. <laughs> I was just waiting to see if you would remember that. Well, let's do that. We, we, we need, obviously, the blessing, the benediction of our Lord, and uh, needless to say, uh, without uh, our Lord working what he works through his word and through his sacraments to accomplish uh, the, the wonderful things that he does through his people, pointing us always through word and sacraments as we celebrate so often in his church, him, Christ, and him crucified. And once again, as was mentioned before, uh, we of all people is as Lutheran Christians can be grateful and thankful for the heritage of music and liturgy uh, that we have uh, that uh, sustains that great treasure that is ours in Jesus Christ and him crucified. So we are indeed grateful for that. And now the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and abide with you all. Amen. Bill.
The aim and final end of all music should be none other than the glory of God and the refreshment of the soul. Johann Sebastian Bach. God has been glorified and we've been refreshed. Thank you for coming.